episode of Two Girls, One Podcast is all about how Facebook has ravaged our society and destroyed democracy itself. Wait a minute, I'm being told it's actually about how Facebook brought people together and formed a sense of community and belonging? That can't be right. I'm sure it's a misprint. A feel-good story about Facebook is so 2015. And now, here are Mark Zuckerberg's personal meme explainers, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. Hi guys, I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, One Podcast. Ali and I have been performing internet material for a lot of years. We use the internet as our script and we put blog posts uh, back in the day, Reddit threads, Craigslist ads, things like that, live on stage and uh, in front of a live audience. So through that, we eventually made a web series, Two Girls, One Show, which you can find on Hoo-Ha-Ha. In that, we interview people that we are interested in uh, behind the internet posts. And then we go on these really wacky scripted adventures. But now with Two Girls, One Podcast, we are distilling all of this to the interviews. So welcome. Ali, how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having some serious insomnia. If any listeners want to let me know some tips. <laughs> yeah. I'm asking everyone. You should try sleeping. I should start by oh, sleeping. Matt. <laughs> Fuck you. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. You just sleep it off. <laughs> just sleep it off. Just sleep it right off. It, oh it should be fine. Oh my God, that's all I want. That's all I want. <laughs> what, what what is as as a fellow? Um, I would not call myself an insomniac, but I you don't know if that I you're the luckiest man in the world. <laughs> yeah, but I feel you. I feel you. I, I I stay up too late. So what's keeping you up? Anxiety? What's going no, on? No, nothing. Everyone. I know everyone, everyone is like, Allie, what's wrong? This is the only thing that's wrong. <laughs> Everything's great. Everything's great. On days that I've slept, I mean, it's, I really, I mean, we all know here on this podcast that I'm a little high strung, but I really don't think that that's it. Like I, I fall asleep just fine. Wake up at 3 a.m. every night. Can't fall back asleep. Whoa, yeah. That sucks. Pretty consistently for a month now. And, um. I'm sure you're getting lots of bullshit oh, tips from people God. too. Like take a lavender bath. Like, meditate. Have it be yeah, cold everyone. in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, I, I have an idea. Percent. I have a quick question. Oh, quick God. question. Do you have an infant? <laughs> She's got me in her life. I don't know. What are we talking about? Because <laughs> that could be that's, a problem. That's... Oh my God, you're right. I, I nailed I, I gave it. birth. Got it. I gave birth. <laughs> got it. I knew it. Thanks. Thank Thanks for you. listening. We'll it's see all you next time. Thank you. Cool. Oh my gosh. But if anyone has any unorthodox tips, tweet me at Allie Gold, A L L I G O L D. Do not tell me to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Allie. I was like, have you tried reading and drinking tea? No. Wow. I don't read. <laughs> um, <laughs> Allie, you actually gave me a tip. Uh, it wasn't about well, I'm insomnia, glad I'm not but it was someone. Just about what was it, it was about sleep. It was it was years ago. Well, little beknownst to you, you would always talk about how much you love sleep, and so I sort of. I, adopted I mean, I love that. it when it happens. I just well, I adopted so that exciting. viewpoint, but it's almost it's almost a mantra to me. I'm just like every night. I'm like, I love you, sleep. I love you, sleep. And then I end up sleeping really well. I don't know. I it's that's the most that's the bullshittiest well, tip you've gotten yet. But I wonder if you get a little mantra going. I don't know. That's just a thought. I'm glad Ignore one me. of us is sleeping at night. I'm glad. Oh, Allie. Um, well, 
Yeah. Is, is it a dream? Are you waking up from no, some sort and it's of so um, dream consistent. or panic? It's so consistent. It's like 3 a.m. every night. Here's the thing. The the common research is like, some you must be stressed. That's it. And I'm like, that's not fucking it. Right. But I was yeah. I went down like a deep internet wormhole. And some people were saying that if you're waking up at the same exact time every night, it could be some kind of digestive issue. They say between oh. 3 to 5 could be a liver issue. So that actually makes more sense to me. But like, I don't know how to fix it. Um, they said it could be blood sugar. So I've been having like, <laughs> I actually just ordered guava tea because apparently that helps diabetics regulate blood sugar. So I'm looking for weird mm. tips, which actually is like kind of relevant to today's episode. Not really, but a little I'll bit. Take, I'll take out your liver if you want. We could sell it on the dark web. <laughs> sure. Sure. I actually was just okay. joking with someone. I was like, I will try anything short of waking up in your bathtub in a tub full of ice. So, uh, so maybe, oh, maybe, but you know what? Fuck it. I'll try giving away organs. I'll do anything. <laughs> hey, nothing will make you sleep. Like not like losing an organ. <laughs> Well, speaking of the body, I don't know how to transition, <laughs> but we have we do have a really cool episode today, guys. Um, so usually we're talking about uh, the dangers of social media, like you know how it's a time suck, how it puts pressure on how you look and how you act. But today we're gonna we're gonna uh, tap into the heart of Two Girls One Podcast, uh, which is actually looking at how the internet and social media too can bring people together. So. Today, we're talking to a woman named Ashley Eakin, who lives with a rare bone disease called Oliers, and uh, she has Mafuchi syndrome, but we'll hear more about that from her. So please excuse me if I didn't quite state it correctly. She has a really fascinating story about um, her shifting perspective on social media and how more recently more recently, it helped her find um, some freedom to be herself. So that is today. Um really excited yeah i am too because it really is quite lovely <laughs> and uh yeah. especially uh lately all the news is so doomsday that's that it's actually funny like we're having a, a pro facebook episode fuck you facebook <laughs> i know <laughs> yeah we found this video on facebook through soul pancake it's a really popular video if you search her ashley egan you will find it yeah it, this is about the the promise of what social media should have been. And I think it's also like this stuff probably happens all the time. Like like social media is doing its job of connecting people and, and bringing people together in communities. But all we see on the headlines are, you know, Facebook broke democracy. What do we do now? Like, so, you know, no big deal. Take, taking the good with the bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I just think there's been an overwhelming amount of bad also in terms of like people's self-esteem and the addictive nature of it. But I think that it mm -hmm. can be yeah. used to connect people in this really wonderful way. What is that tendency to focus on the negative? What is that? What? Psychologically, there must be something going on. Oh, yeah. Well, well, that's, that's just like the news in general, right? Like uh, happy stories don't get as many clicks. Well, yeah. Why do we like the negative <laughs> Two people stuff? found love is not as exciting to humans as like <laughs> homicide in Central Park. <laughs> Park, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Monday went as planned. <laughs> you film at eleven. Like it's uh, <laughs> breaking news. Everything's great. <laughs> everything's everything's yeah. fine. But at the same time, if everything's fine, there's nothing newsworthy to report. So you kind of have to only focus on the negative. But now we have this 24-7 news culture where you turn on the TV, you turn on Twitter, you turn on Facebook, and all news is generally bad news. So you think the world is terrible. But it's probably not that terrible out there in the world. I don't know. I think it's a little terrible. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. No, but I do think like it's gotten out of hand. And I think 
Yes. Like if social media wasn't designed to be so addictive, I think it might be different, but it's definitely like, I don't know. I, d- I do think there's more negative right now than positive in terms of what social media is doing for humans. But uh, there mm-hmm. are these like shining lights. And so I'm excited to talk about that today. Yeah. I Also, can we discuss Jeff Bezos's text to his mistress? <laughs> What? Whoa. If you haven't heard, he's getting divorced from his wife. He has a mistress. The texts were revealed and they literally sound like they were written by a bot. <laughs> it's like someone learning to be human. So I just want to read you my favorite. <laughs> I love you, alive girl. I will show you with my body and my lips and my eyes very soon. So now <laughs> I keep telling twist. everyone. <laughs> yes, Did you say, I love you, alive girl? Alive girl? Alive girl? <laughs> yes. girl? I love you, alive dead girl. Mistress? Maybe, oh my God, maybe he has a dead mistress. Jeff he Bezos is into mean, necrophilia. You heard it here. Rich people do weird things. <laughs> He's just beta testing an AI product that they're going to release next year. This is totally, not a mystery. Totally, totally. it's, it's the new Alexa, the Alexa body. I love you, alive girl. I will show you with my body and my lips and my eyes very soon. <laughs> I have body, lips, and eyes. I human. Come on. Okay, thank you. That's Come all. On. Any other uh, any other good ones in there? Uh, I haven't got. I mean, that one was my favorite. I, I just looked at one piece of coverage. I think there's probably more other places. <laughs> that's the best that I've seen. Yeah, 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 that's that's fantastic. I would imagine Mark Zuckerberg's texts are similar. <laughs> I, yeah, one would think. Also, his lips and his eyes are part of his body. Why does he have to state all three? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. In case anybody wasn't aware. Uh, oh man. That's so weird. Ugh, I hate well, shit like that. <laughs> yeah, Matt. S- speaking of love on the internet, yeah. I do have some excellent choice trivia for you today. All right. If Ooh. you're interested. I'm so interested. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. All right. All right. Uh, I guess we'll just throw it a break. All right. You're going to make us beg you to come back. <laughs> Matt, can we All please right. have some trivia? Fine, okay. fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. Today's episode is uh, sort of about Facebook. We're talking about the community uh, that formed around a particular uh, disease or disability on Facebook. But today's trivia is really more about the broader platform of Facebook itself and a specific story. In 2011, quite a while ago, an Indiana woman posed as a teenage girl on Facebook and messaged her husband in order to trap him. You with me so far? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you invested in this story? Yeah. I do that to Jen all the time. Okay. Sounds like my Saturday in night. In their conversation. <laughs> Jen does most of her online dating through Facebook Messenger. I've, I've been told. That is true. <laughs> yeah. As a small child. <laughs> in their conversation, the man admitted to the teenage girl, uh, who was actually his wife, the man admitted to spying on his wife using a GPS car tracker, and he floated the idea of hiring someone <laughs> to kill her he, he typed all this into what? this facebook message with a, a teenage girl what? that he thought he was talking to the wife then printed out these facebook message transcripts and brought them to the fbi and the husband was immediately arrested case closed no after only <laughs> four days in custody federal prosecutors released him and cleared him of all the charges why this one's good yeah this one's really I like good. this matthew memorable i already have so many questions like what why did any of this happen why would you choose to confide to a 13 year old girl stranger <laughs> that you're trying to kill your wife i i i i you know i don't have her i don't have the proposed age written i think she was uh 17 like the the the, the fake 
teenage girl was 17. Oh, okay, great. So just in case fine. that matters, in case that answers <laughs> Old question. enough to hire a hitman. Exactly, right. exactly. <laughs> okay. Why was this man released from custody? Your choices are A, Indiana law at the time did not recognize web-based electronic communication as courtroom admissible evidence. Okay. So they had to throw the whole thing out. B, okay. the man could legally prove that he knew it was his wife all along and he was just messing with her. Or C, the original messages were deleted and could not be provided to the court and Facebook would not hand over the records citing privacy reasons. I'm going with C. Whoa. I felt C in my bones. I'm going to C. I will All see right, you in court. <laughs> why, do, why did you laugh at that? Don't laugh at that. It's good. It's good. <laughs> so bad. It's good. All yeah. right, two answers for C. That the woman, the wife printed out these records and they said, great, let's let's dig into the, the electronic records. And they were gone. And Facebook said, nope, can't give them to you. And the case was thrown out. That's your choice. Mm-hmm. Stick them with it. All right. Yes. We will find out the correct answer after the break. And now a real tit for tat ordering proposal entitled Natural Balance Salmon Cat Food Swap from the Trading Post just off the exit from the information superhighway. Craigslist. <laughs> I have eight cans left of a pallet of natural balanced cat food. I'm pretty sure it's the salmon and chickpea flavor in the one below, but I'm not home as I post this, so I'll have to check when I return later. This was expensive and couldn't be returned. My, my cat hated this flavor from the beginning, but I've been trying to get him to eat it. In a nutshell, he went on a hunger strike and won! It expired in July, but, but I've read that unopened cans of cat food can last several years. Anywho, this is essentially free. <sighs> Mine is a long-haired Persian. If you have a cat comb or brush, my little fluff ball could use it. I'm on 136 between Broadway and Amsterdam right next to City College. I, I can also meet you on Columbia's 116th Street campus. Oof. Salmon and chickpea. That sounds kind of gross. I don't know. I like salmon. I like chickpeas. Do you think we should but get like the cat together? food now for when we become cat ladies? I don't know. <laughs> I hate cats. Dogs are the way to go. Listen, I want to love cats, but I just had the realization like they take over your space. I was and at they my will brother's. Eat your face. <laughs> well, that too. That too. I was at my brother's uh, um, house recently, and he has two cats. And it like I tried to avoid the cat hair, but it, it's impossible. And I love those cats, but they take over. I can't believe that you would. Uh... <laughs> Look, I'm not an animal person, so yeah. I don't want any creatures in my you home. You have two children. You're but definitely an animal person. <laughs> they're humans. Children and are they animals. Can, they can read and write, you know? They can oh do cool God. things. Wait, 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 oh. Arthur can read and write? Yeah. How old is he? He's two. Mm, this He's seems like a questionable claim. face lies. <laughs> Look, I don't spend a lot of time with him, so I'm not exactly sure about these milestones. <laughs> okay, okay. Because you're podcasting yeah. all the time. <laughs> Your child is a baby genius. <laughs> well done. But the dogs leave hair everywhere and take over your house and smell terrible and you got to pick yeah. up their shit. Like they're all, all these animals so are terrible. So do children. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they become, you know, humans. We were once children. Were we? Mm. Anyway, okay. (laughs) I believe that I was actually enjoying this week's trivia for a change. In a rare turn of events, you actually were invested. Moment. But Allie, I'm sorry to say this. this. You would enjoy it because you get the TJ's gift card no matter what. (laughs) 
Yeah. Just want to remind everyone. Okay. Fair enough. We both have only received one TJ's gift card from Matt Silverman. Although, let's say it was actually very sweet over the holidays that we received cards and TJ's gift cards from <laughs> yeah, Matt we did. Silverman. We didn't give Matt the proper shout out for that. But that is the only fucking time it's happened. <laughs> I'm owed 68 other gift cards, I think. <laughs> of TJ's back pay. <laughs> yes. This week's trivia is rather mysterious. It's about Facebook, a particular case in 2011 where an Indiana woman posed as a teenage girl to ensnare her husband who sent messages to this fake teenager. Always about, a good idea. Yeah, amen. About tracking his wife with GPS and about sending a hitman to kill her to kill her and then he <laughs> went to jail and then he was released because case was moot. Why? Your choices were that A, Indiana law at the time did not recognize Facebook messages as admissible courtroom evidence. B, the man could legally prove he knew it was his wife all along. Or C, the original messages were deleted and could not be provided to the court and Facebook would not give them up. They seem like they have a really happy marriage. I knew it was you all along, babe. I was just fucking with you. <laughs> just pretending I was maybe going to kill you in the night. Don't worry about it. Wow. <laughs> Adorable. Happy Valentine's <laughs> Still sticking with C. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. The correct answer is... C. B. God <gasps> damn it. What? So this couple was clearly having marital issues. I believe you there think? was a cu- you think <laughs> there was a custody battle afoot over their child or children perhaps. And the the woman was apparently doing some shady stuff. So when the man got the friend request from this sketchy like teenage girl who he didn't actually know, he immediately suspected that it was his wife. And so before he even touched the keyboard to message her, he went to a, a bank, I believe, and got a, a notarized affidavit on a, that was dated on a particular date that says, hello, this is my name. I suspect that my wife is doing this. I'm going to willfully show in through these messages that she is an unfit parent and that she's kind of a crazy person. And now the uh, the uh, notary will sign this on the state, proving that before I even send the messages, I am aware of what's happening legally. And then he proceeded to like double back on his wife, fool his wife who was trying to fool him. She brought him into uh, court, or the FBI actually apprehended him. And he said, nah, I have this paperwork from six days before we even started messaging and it's notarized. And this was all a scam. My wife's crazy. And I would like my kids back, please. And I don't think she went to jail, but um, he was released and and, uh, moved on with his life, I suppose. This is modern day Shakespeare. (laughs) This is what we got in 2019. I was thinking it reminded me of Chuck Tingle. (laughs) It was like basically like, don't joke the jokester or whatever the fuck he said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just throw him in a big foot. Yeah. (laughs) Um... (laughs) It was fucking a Bigfoot. That was so much information to digest. Have they not heard of divorce? Like, this is like what it's for. <laughs> yeah. But it was actually, if there were kids at stake, if there was custody at stake, and like your spouse was like, I'm taking the kids and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, if there was some way to prove that your ex was like, not really a good 
a good person, this was a very sneaky and clever way to do it, I suppose. But question, does it just it does it make her unfit to have posed as someone else to try to trick him? Is that what made her I unfit? have no I yeah. have no idea okay. if if the custody battle was resolved in one way or another. I'm not sure, but um I, I th- but it was his express purpose to show as soon as he realized that she was essentially scamming him. Yeah. Uh he was like, "Oh, I got gotcha. you. I'm going to I'm going to reset the trap for you now." Yeah. There are so many I just uh, <laughs> I just, you know what else? society tells yeah. single women that there's something wrong with us. There is not. You know, <laughs> I would so much rather be single than in any and form sane. of unhappy marriage. <laughs> and especially one where my husband pranks me by saying he's going to murder me. But <laughs> also where I've already gone off the deep end <laughs> and I'm trying to cat. There are just so many layers here that I can't deal with. But I'm right, definitely right. going to catfish Jamula later as a 17 year old girl. So, I know that's I a fun know. game. I'll admit that I want to kill you or something. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. You know what else is great? At the what? end of the story that I read is like, and this is like ages ago, so I'm sure the profile no longer exists. But like the, the reporter was like, as of this writing, this fake profile is still online and has 68 friends. So the woman like went to the point of like friending a bunch of people to make the profile like look oh, legit. But, but you got to do amazing. that. No, I guess you, you have gotta to, do right? that. Everybody, th- I thought yeah. you were gonna say that th- the profile was like their daughter, <laughs> like <laughs> the photos. You know what I mean? That she doesn't seem that yes. crazy to me. He seems more crazy. Okay, I, I mean, <laughs> really? I think maybe they're equal crazy. But the fact that he went and got an affidavit, he like said he's gonna kill his wife. Like, I don't, even if he's like lying, <laughs> yeah, the length, the length. No, you're right. I also think that like men do fucked up things that like drive women nuts, and then the woman goes nuts, and then they're you so know what just, I mean. You're b- <laughs> You're blaming the man for the woman trying to catfish. Like he had I'm to do something. Blaming. He had to say something <laughs> extreme. Exactly, you are. He had to say something extreme for her to like be like, "Gotcha." Like she, you know. And then he's like, "No, I got you." Like it had to saying, be crazy. I'm curious. Like that. I'm curious what the backstory was that either of them were led to this point. Do you know what I mean? Or yes. were they always just mm-hmm. fucking nuts? Were they always just right. like crazy people? Or they were like put whoopee cushions each underneath other to each other's pillows. <laughs> <laughs> They're always pranking one another. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, I think we should get into our interview. How do you guys feel? About that. Yes, please. I'm excited right. for this one. I mean, I'm excited for all of them, but you know. So it is time for us to speak with Ashley Eakin. Ashley was featured in a soul pancake video that went viral about a year ago in which she talks about uh, a rare bone disease that she has uh, that has caused her to have what she would describe as physical differences. And she also talks about her relationship to social media in the last number of years and how that's changed, especially the moment that she found a community of other people who also had the disease um, and how it allowed her to be more vulnerable and more brave. And we're going to hear all about that as well as her work as a filmmaker. Welcome, Ashley. Hello. Nice to be here. So, Ashley, can you just give us a little bit of background on who you are so our listeners know um, and talk about your involvement with that particular video. Yeah. So my name is Ashley. Um, I am a filmmaker. I'm based out in Los Angeles and I did that soul pancake video. I think it was um, October of 2017 and then it went out in December of 2017. So it's been about a year or so since it went out and it has really changed my life. Um, the video going viral, it's about me talking about my rare bone disease called Ollier's and Mifushi syndrome. Um, and 
it's been a journey of kind of self-acceptance and identity. And I really had no idea that this video would go viral. I thought it would really affect kind of the community of people who have oliers or mafushis, but I didn't realize that it would kind of resonate worldwide. And um, it's just been a really incredible journey. Ashley, do you have any idea? Um, we, we know it's a rare bone disease, oliers, but how many people have it? Also, can you give us just a little more of an idea about what it is? So Ulyers and Mufushi syndrome, it's a rare bone disease and um, it affects the growth of your bones. Um, Mufushi's is actually the more rare one. That's where when I said in the video that there's only about 200 cases in the world, that's more Mufushi syndrome, which if you have Mufushi's, it's also Ulyers. So it's kind of confusing there, but Ulyers is a lot more common. Um, but it can affect all different types of your body. So for me, it affects my whole body and it kind of has just disrupted the growth. So I'll get um, small bony tumors that will grow at some of the end of my long bones um, and cartilage patches and vascular tumors. It's just kind of a whole mishmash of weird stuff that happens to your bones. And um, it's caused me to have over 30 surgeries. And I've also had ovarian cancer twice as a result from the bone disease. It's very, there's not a lot of research about it. It's getting better, which is something that I'm actually excited to talk about. But um, it's, you know, my whole life, it's kind of been this thing where I go in the AC doctors and I've had a doctor Googling my bone disease. I could see like behind in the mirror. Oh my God. (laughs) And I'm like, this is not good. Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. He's on WebMD. Yeah. I think (laughs) to to be fair, I am worried that happens way more often than we'd like to think, like even for run of the mill stuff. Yeah, I think so. But, you know, giving the doctor some credit, I think you can't know about every disease. And especially when there's not enough research, it's kind of like, how do you expect them to just have that clocked in their brain? So I don't really hold it against them, but it is definitely concerning because with my bone disease, there is a very high transformation rate of having bone cancer. So I've already dealt with ovarian cancer, which the tumor was strangely related to this disease. It's kind of still an unknown territory, but I have to kind of anticipate that this bone cancer could happen at some point. And I really have to monitor and keep track of um, my body and and going to doctor's appointments and getting uh, CT scans and all that. So it's kind of a lifelong process that I'm going to deal with. Um, but it's, you know, it's made me who I am. And I feel like it's been incredible to connect with this community um, online. Um, my video that went viral talks about my bone disease and how I came across this group on Facebook that was specifically for my disease. And I had never met anyone or really like came into contact with anyone who had my disease before. And it was just super powerful. And I saw this map with like all the locations of where these people are over the world. And it was just, you know, 3am scrolling on, on Facebook. And I feel like that moment kind of transformed my life. And, um, it's now kind of catapulted all these different things in my life. And as a filmmaker, um, I really want to start to tell stories from different perspectives. And I think in the past I was a little afraid to do that, um, because I just felt so strange and I didn't know anyone else like me and seeing all these people and these kids. And I'm like, wow, if there was someone like me 
when I was that age, super young to kind of like be a voice for the community and put our stories out there and tell people about it. Maybe I wouldn't have felt so strange and so weird. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. So how did you actually, what was the moment of finding the Facebook group? You just decided one day to to type it in? I have no idea, to be honest. I mean, I went through a really bad breakup and I think I was just on Facebook at 3am being like looking at weird stuff. And I don't know. Why did I Google it? I can't even remember. <laughs> but but that's okay. So, and you were saying there's a map. Are there other people near you? We'd love to hear more about some of the people in the group, any relationships formed? Have you met up with any of them in real life? Yeah. So, um, the first person I met up with, her name is Sheldon. Um, she also has Oliers and we met up in Nebraska and we just had lunch and my family came and it was just a really special day because we both kind of talked about our experience with the group and, and finding people on there and seeing younger people on there and how that's really powerful for us. Um, she's an amazing person and she actually, the, the bone disease is so specific to each person, so it doesn't really affect anyone the same. So we all kind of look different and we have different places in our body that it has affected. So it's actually the crazy thing about her story is it's affected her leg. And there's something called a limb lengthening that is pretty common if you have a leg discrepancy. But I think it was actually still illegal to be done because it's kind of really invasive and they break your leg and put these pins through your wow. bone and then let it heal so new bro- bone can grow and fuse there. It's this amazing. Oh, that doesn't kind of like, sound fun. It's an amazing technology, but it's very painful. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a little more simpler ways to do it now, but I had it done when I was in first grade, so that was a while ago. Um, and then I had it done again when I was 17. But for her, she couldn't get the procedure done. So she actually had the lower half of her leg amputated and uses a prosthetic. And she would go to her third grade class and take her leg and put it on someone else's desk and then sit back down (laughs) on her desk on the first day of school to kind of like throw everyone off and be like, what is this leg doing on my desk? Um, (laughs) Where I was a little more timid and shy. I think I've always kind of felt resilient because of it, but I kind of just didn't want it to exist. I kind of felt like I was just pushing it down and being like, I'm not different than anyone, but it's interesting just to learn about how someone else kind of dealt with their difference of calling attention to it and kind of bringing it out in the open and, and making people laugh with it, I guess. It was cool to meet her. How old were you when social media came into your life? What was your relationship with social media, especially around uh, your disease at that time? So social media really came into my life um, in 2005 because of Facebook. And you couldn't have a Facebook um, until you had a college email. Um, I can see even before social media, things that I would do to kind of block out that I have a bone disease, I would avoid mirrors. I would not, I would like mirrors that kind of cropped me off at the neck because I wouldn't have to look at my body that then I realized was so different than what I was seeing in life and in the real world. And so when social media started, I would put a picture on there and it would be very cropped, but I don't think it was really, I don't know if it was super intentional in the beginning that I was doing that. 
But I started getting attention from people on social media, you know, random guys hitting me up, come to this party, people saying, oh my gosh, you look so beautiful, saying a lot of things that I feel like I didn't really hear a ton in my life, or I did, and I always thought people meant from the neck up. Because my family, everyone's like, you have such a beautiful family. And I'm like, yeah, everyone has a pretty face, but like, I'm the one who has like the weird body. So I felt that way my entire life. And I think social media was this place where I could curate what people saw. And I could be like, this is me. I don't want people to see my bone disease. I just want them to see me and not think, oh, she's pretty for having a bone disease or she's pretty, she has a pretty face, which is such a backhanded compliment that I've been given my whole life is, oh, you have such a pretty face or people, um, it still happens today, which it doesn't bother me as much as it did. But when you really think about what that means, it's also, um, a diss. So, um, I think I became obsessive on social media with keeping this image of myself as a normal person, which normal is in quotes, because what really does normal mean? But, um, I would be very particular about what got put on social media. All my best friends knew if there was a certain picture posted at me, I'm going to text them and say, can you take it down? And it was just this whole thing where I would be the one who posts the album. I had a bunch of roommates. Um, it was this weird balance because I was super social in college. I would go to the fraternity parties and I had a big group of friends. So people were seeing me in real life. It wasn't like I was just hiding and you know, wanting this image of me to be, you know, something that people are imagining who I am. People knew me, which is the funny part. So I'm almost creating this image for myself of this is who I am. I have this life of fun party looking normal. And it just became an obsession where I didn't want to face what I actually looked like. And so it, it, um, you know, it kind of got better as I as I got a little older. But how did Soul Pancake find you? This is kind of a funny story. So I have started a career in the film industry and I realized I wanted to start directing and being a filmmaker, but I would always see that filmmakers are doing interviews. They're talking on stage. um, They're always having to pitch in front of people. And I was terrified of that. But the more and more I grew serious about my career, I was like, you know what? I just need to start getting over this fear of trying to curate who I am or, um, wear a certain type of clothing or be, just be super self-conscious because it was holding me back professionally. And I, since I have a, have, since I've had ovarian cancer, this director that I knew, this was prior to soul pancake. He was going to shoot this series about people who are young, who've had cancer. And they sent out this blast email saying, Hey, does anyone want to be in a video that we're going to do? It's, um, it's going to be held at soul pancake and it's talking about having cancer. And I was terrified, but I said, yes, I just said, I'll do it. And this is the first time I would ever really like be on camera in a video capacity, not controlling what the image is going to look like, having no idea what they're going to do. And I told myself, I'm going to do this video and not wear a jacket that has pockets or not wear something where I can hide my hands and just be in the video and be me. So I thought it was this huge step of vulnerability. I do this video and I, you know, you can barely see my hand in it. And I had 
a meltdown when it came out. I was like crying and um, very upset, but I was like, you know what? I'm being vulnerable. And I put this video out. I made a big post when they, when they put it out about how I wanted, I was being vulnerable and here's my hand. Like you might not think it's a big deal, but when I watched the video, it's like almost traumatic to me. And it was amazing. The response was really nice and everyone wrote beautiful comments and it was more kind of just like my network of friends. And I came, um, and then one of my best friends came over and she was like, your video is so great. That's awesome that you're being vulnerable, but I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like that was such a small level of being vulnerable. You can barely see your hand. I don't even notice it really in the video. It's so, and if you guys go back and watch it now, the videos are online. Um, it's through dear Jack's, um, cancer foundation. And so they're online and you'll see, and you'll kind of chuckle to yourself because it's very small. And I thought it was this huge leap of me being vulnerable. And so, um, after that, it kind of just made me think a lot, you know, and okay, maybe I'm not being as vulnerable and open as I think I'm being. And, you know, between then I've been following the Oliers, um, I've been following the Oliers Facebook and I would see this little girl, her name's Audrina and she, she also has so Audrina's bone disease has affected her in similar ways that it has mine. And in the video of soul pancake, I, um, talk about how me seeing her hand look exactly like my hand that I hate broke my heart. It made me so upset. I was bawling crying because this thing that I've been trying to hide and I feel is so something that, um, I didn't like, and I hate it. I see it on this little girl and I'm like, she's beautiful. And I don't want her to ever feel that way. And not like who she is. And, you know, she's only six years old. She has a whole life of growing up and I don't want her to feel that way. And so I had just been having a lot of these feelings about, um, being open and wanting to share my story, but not really knowing how. And it was kind of just playing in the background of my mind and the director who did the cancer foundation video posted something on Facebook and he was like, Hey, do I have any storytellers in the house? And I knew that he would do work for soul pancake. And I originally thought that this was to collaborate. I thought maybe I would work behind the scenes. I, you know, I never thought it was an on-camera thing. And I messaged him and I said, Hey, I'm a storyteller. You know, like, what are you working on? And he's like, well, it's this on-camera opportunity called that moment. And it's about a significant moment in your life where things have changed for you, or you realize something you never knew about yourself or, you know, along those lines. And that was also another moment where I was like, shit, I have to do this. I have to do the video. I know exactly what I'm going to talk about. I know that I have to tell them about me seeing Audrina about the Oliers Facebook and how it really has kind of changed my mind about wanting to hide and, and all these different things. But I was so terrified. So I sent him an email kind of outlining what I was going to say in the video. And he responded and was like, this is incredible. I think this is such a story that needs to be told. Let's meet up and talk about this in person. Well, I got cold feet. So I started ignoring his email because I didn't want to be more vulnerable than the last time I had to either 
not wear a jacket at all, or I had to wear a dress, which you can't really tell in the video, but I was wearing a dress, um, which showed all my scars on my legs and everything. Um, but I knew that if I did this, I'd have to commit 150%. And so I kind of started to back out and he called me and was like, you're trying to back out, aren't you? And I was like, yes, I am. Let's meet up and talk about this. And he kind of convinced me that it's so powerful. And and this is sometimes you have to think beyond yourself and what the impact is going to be, because really it's ego. It's ego of me thinking how people, you know, like I said earlier, I went through a breakup and I was like, how is my ex-boyfriend going to view this? And how are people, you know, my boss going to view this? How are people going to see me in this when I always kind of want to have this strong attitude or, um, just not bring light or talk about my bone disease. I just really knew if I did this, I'd be committing to a life of being open about it. And so it, it took a while to convince me, but I ended up just committing to doing it. And, you know, I, I wrote out my, what I was going to say in the story and, and, um, the guy, the director didn't even know about me taking off my jacket at the end. Cause I was debating whether I was going to do it or not the entire time. I was like, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to do this, but if I do, I'm going to do it on the spot and I'll just tell him, Hey, I'm going to do something at the end, which, um, ended up being me taking off that jacket, which I think is, um, a moment that resonates with people because it was a painful thing. It was me kind of all those fears and insecurities being like, I'm going to put this on the internet, which is sometimes the scariest <laughs> place to be vulnerable because trolls, I mean, there's people who said really mean things. And then there's people who night, like I'm, I'm so lucky because 99% of the feedback was positive and beautiful and so nice. But there are the people who comment things like, um, Oh, she looks dateable or you look like, Shrek or just things that, you know, anything you put on the internet, people are going to criticize. So I kind of knew in that moment, I was going to have to face those feelings. And I think that's why it was really, um, hard for me, but, um, the outcome has been incredible. Those other commenters should be banned. They should be (laughs) banned from the internet. I know. I'm curious Uh as, as you continue to open up and be more vulnerable, just put yourself out there how do you, how do you deal with the negativity? Is, does it still affect you in the same way or is it any easier to deal with kind of the more you're getting positive feedback as well? Yeah. I mean, I think what putting my soul pancake video out has made me realize is everyone struggles with something and that's what people would write to me. They would say, you know, I am transgender and this resonates with me so much or I have a finger that's crooked and this resonates with me so much, or I have depression and this resonates with me so much. So it's kind of realizing that everyone is dealing with something and then dealing with the people who want to say mean things or make fun of you or whatever. That's just part of life. There are people who are going to want to do that because of whatever's going on in their life, or they just feel like doing it. There was a guy on there who was trolling so hard. And he's like, I literally do this because it's funny to see people's reactions because they get so mad. (laughs) Like people who are supporting you that then go after the troll and are like, you suck and you should be banned and you know, all that stuff. He's like, I literally (laughs) do it for the reaction. And, um, it has made me deal with it. The whole video has made me deal with negative feedback a lot better. Kind of realizing that people are human. 
Um, if you have enough confidence about yourself and you know who you are and, you know, I just don't let it get to me, but there is definitely sometimes a meter of how often it happens in a day or something that it can overspill into frustration or anger or whatever, but you know, it doesn't define you. So it's something that, yeah, maybe I can vent to my boyfriend or I can vent to my sister and be like, I got this insane message from this guy, which I literally just got one yesterday that was like, Hey, so great to connect with you on here. Um, I just wanted to let you know that, or I just wanted to ask, is there a procedure that you could get done that could make your arms longer? Because I think it might help you. And I'm kind of just like, thanks, random guy. Um, Where you're kind of, I don't know, there's a very interesting balance of being fed up and just being like, you know what? Oh, well, who cares? I'm going to go on with my day. And I do have to say the more sometimes negative stuff you get, the more you're like, oh, well, you know, I think hearing it the first time. Mm you're like, wow, that really hurts. I never thought of myself in that way. That's mean. And now it's kind of like, you know what? I know who I am. I have people in my life that love me. I love myself. I am going to be okay. It just doesn't, you know, sit with you like it did the first time you heard that comment of someone saying something really mean to you. I just want to say when I looked at the video, it had 69 million (laughs) views. And even by Facebook standards, and virality standards, that is that is a shockingly high number. And and the amount of people you must have reached, Ashley, like it's 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 quite it's actually mind-boggling the amount of um response that you're getting, positive and negative, and the kind of people that come out of the woodwork like you just described, I can only imagine. It's yeah. Bananas. I mean, there is yeah. definitely a lot of interesting characters who come out of the woodwork who also think you owe them something. So that's the one thing is like, you can follow me great, but I don't owe you anything. Like if I don't want to post about my hand and my body every day, that's my choice. You know, where some people would then comment, you're hiding. I'm like, no, I'm wearing a jacket because it's cold. You know? So there's a little bit of like, (laughs) it's winter. I'm I'm not always going to do what you want, which I think is just a fascinating thing about the internet and kind of public persona is sometimes people think these people owe them something where it's like, they're human. They don't have to do anything for you. You know, they're sharing their story. And I think, um, it's just interesting. You know, I, I definitely have been, my eyes have been open to all the different characters on the internet and all the amazing, like beautiful people on the internet too, of who this has like really touched them or they have a child who is dealing with something and they show my video to their kid. And, um, it just kind of like, opened up things for them where it's so cool and I love it. And it's just all these connections and, and people being like, can I come to you with any advice if I need to down the road? And I'm like, of course, you know, like I'm always down to give you my experience or my feedback. Um, but you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely interesting. What's been the response from the Oliers and Mifuchi communities? And has Audrina seen the video? Audrina has seen the video. So the amazing, amazing thing is when I first came across Audrina, um, I messaged her mom and said, 
I had this really powerful experience from seeing you post about your daughter. She's so beautiful. I just want to let you know I'm a resource as someone who has gone through being a teenager, now an adult, and um, in the professional world. Just if she ever needs advice about anything, I'm such a resource, all this stuff. And so me and her mom connected, which was really cool. Um, And then um, when the video went viral, her dad messaged me and said, Ashley, my wife may have already contacted you, but my daughter also has ears, and she looks just like you. Beautiful inside and out. Thank you for your brave story. And he sent me all these pictures of her. And I was like, Audrina's the one that I'm talking about in the video. So the mom just never really told her husband that we already connected. And he was like, that is so amazing. I want to cry. <laughs> and like, it was just this beautiful moment of like, realizing the impact his daughter has had on my life and how it's kind of like helped me get over my own insecurities and kind of just want to be a, a positive representation of someone with ears. And, um, it was awesome. And we haven't met up. I've just been so busy with work. They live in New York. And so we've kind of been talking about dates and stuff. Um, but I definitely, I kind of like that she's going to be a little bit older when we meet, maybe more like seven or eight, which I think is, is better than meeting her super, super young. So, um, but I'm so excited to meet her eventually. She's so cute and awesome. And they kind of have already been connected in the Oliers community because, um, um, what is it? Oh, the chive did a donation for her because she needed a house that was accessible because she is wheelchair bound, um, because the Oliers has affected her legs so much. And so they've kind of been connected already with people who've had Oliers. So I don't think me reaching out to her mom was like, Oh my gosh, this one person, you know? So I think that's kind of why the dad didn't know about it exactly. Um, but it was really powerful for, for them still. And, and just the, the positive like impact that it's made from them being public about their daughter and posting photos of her. Um, it's, it's been amazing. And then the community has just been, you know, all the people that I'm in that group with were messaging me being like, I'm sitting on the train and I'm bawling to your video because your story is my story. And it, um, it's just been like, I, I think when the video went out, I was in tears for like a straight month because I'd be getting these messages that were so powerful and healing of like someone being like, you know, just saying how much it resonates with them and then sending me a picture of their Oliers disease. And then there was ones where people who had never connected with anyone who had Oliers were like, I watch your video. I have Oliers. I've never seen anyone. I've never met anyone. I feel like I'm at home. Oh my God, internet. I know. It's so incredible. And then I would (laughs) connect them with the group and, and the guy who runs the group, there's a couple of them, but um, the one that I've kind of been the most active in is called the Oliers Appreciation Society. And he is so dedicated to running this group. He actually vets anyone who wants to join and calls them and has a conversation with them. He he's out in the UK, but he wants to make sure that there's people in there who are supportive and are actually have the bone disease or affiliated in some way, because he wants it to be a safe community where we can post pictures. Like I had a surgery Um, and I posted pictures of my ribs because I had some, um, small, like vascular tumors removed. And it's like, I would never post that on the internet publicly, but I could post in this group for parents to say, Hey, this is what my surgery looked like before and after. And, um, it's this amazing community. And I feel like it's kind of, I'm so glad there's light being shed on it because the even crazier thing about it 
is there is actually research being done about our bone disease now. And I think it was kind of getting done before, but I connected with this woman. So she's at John Hopkins University and she's working with a team that is actually doing research now in Oliers. And me and her connected and talked on the phone and she's like, hey, we're going to start be, start doing this research. And I just want to let you know that I use your video to pitch donors. Wow. And I was like, that's insane. And just to think, I mean, it's this bone disease that doctors are Googling. Um, so if there was some type of medication or some type of thing you could do, it would be incredible for people in life changing for like, I think about Audrina, this could kind of be a marker where the disease stops. You know, like it's already affected her so much that it's like, what if she did, it didn't have to affect her anymore? Because when I was born, I looked like a completely normal baby. Man, I had all these questions that I don't need to ask. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing. Um, Wow. Okay. I kind of want to hear more of the positive stories, but this also might be a good place to hear about your filmmaking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I got into the AFI uh, Directing Women's Workshop. Which is a very I saw that on the internet. Congratulations. I'm so excited about it. It's been an amazing experience. We just had our first workshop the past four days, and it's this very supportive group of women who are all crazy talented and just helping each other with our careers. And um, it's just, I'm so excited for it. It's kind of like a six to eight month process, and we do some pretty in depth workshops and it's all free. So it's insane wow. that they're investing in us on a really high level. So it's cool. Wow. And will you tell our listeners about your short film? Um, so my short film, it's actually featuring two main characters who have physical differences, which is something that I'm really excited to do because I shot a short film last uh, summer and it kind of deals with the themes of having a physical difference, but it's more in a f- metaphor Um, but it's about a girl who has only one arm and she decides to go on a blind date. And when she goes on this blind date, she realizes the guy that she gets set up with is luckily very cute, but he also has one arm and she is pissed. (laughs) Why? Why would she be pissed? Um, it kind of, um, tackles stereotypes and people thinking that, people who are different are all the same. So I have worked in the film industry for over eight years now. The The last thing that I worked on, I was the assistant to John Chu, who directed Crazy Rich Asians. And um, that was an incredible experience because with Crazy Rich Asians, that's about Asians being represented with characters that are fully fleshed out, that aren't just the nerdy Asian guy or the sexualized Asian woman. They have full personalities. They can lead a movie. It was the first studio funded romantic comedy with Asian leads since 1993. And so realizing how important representation on screen is for people kind of made me realize that's what happened with seeing Audrina's photos. I saw someone who represented me and it was like healing and it kind of caused this whole positive catalyst of me opening up and me being able to accept who I am and embrace vulnerability and just all these amazing things happened. So as a filmmaker, I'm like, what if 
there were people who are physically different who are being accurately represented on screen. Not just someone playing someone who has a disability or a difference, but someone actually being cast because I think that's where it's really powerful. This has been crazy and really lovely. A lot of our episodes are like just super dirty and uh, (laughs) uh, this has been great. (laughs) I mean, there is a whole other side you know, this won't go on the podcast, but a whole other side of very dirty, weird things that I get messaged. Uh, We're going to keep that in. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We'll talk about that over drinks one day. Offline. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for being an incredible human. Thank you so much. (laughs) That was amazing. And I felt really stupid about myself. Why do you feel stupid about yourself? I don't know. I just feel like, uh, you know, pretty lame in comparison. (laughs) Also, I can't believe that I was complaining about my insomnia, although it's really annoying. (laughs) I well understood, but you're not lame in comparison. We're all different and we all have our own struggles and it's how we deal with them that makes us amazing or not, which is why, I mean, she is so amazing. (laughs) She's more amazing than we are. She's definitely more amazing than we are. <laughs> when when yeah. Allie posted a video of herself on Facebook complaining about her insomnia, she did For not get. For the record, that never happens. Views. Just so we're all clear, <laughs> that is not a thing that I did because I am not that much of a raging narcissist. <laughs> but wait, that but, came out wrong. I'm not saying that she is. I'm saying for me to talk about my insomnia on video form yeah, is no, fucking no, weird. No, I know. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know, we just, there are, we, we have had so many dark episodes and it was really lovely just to hear something so positive and all the positive repercussions that have happened. Like the fact that she's, that that video is also the video to get You see donors. it research funding? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that was fucking cool. Amazing. I don't have anything else to say except for if you want to share your deep, dark secret with us, um, you can tweet me at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. <laughs> and you can tweet me at June Bugger, J-O-O-N. B-U-G-G-E-R. And you can also email us. Um, we'd love to hear from you, as Ali said. Like, obviously, the heart of this podcast is really we want to hear how the internet brings people together. And this was such a beautiful depiction of that. So tell us about your stories. Uh, so email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com. Call us and leave us a voicemail. We have a new segment where we'll play those voicemails. You might get featured on the podcast. That phone number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. And if you would like to join a conversation in more real time, come to our discord server it's uh discord.gg slash 2g1p we have a bunch of listeners in there we're in there uh before every show we go in and see if you have any questions for that episode that you'd like us to share uh we also get show topic suggestions from you so please pop in there and ali if they want to contribute to us how can they do that well my venmo is at just kidding (laughs) you can go to (laughs) patreon.com slash 2g1p and make a monthly contribution to the show for as little as one dollar and as much as a million i don't think (laughs) i don't think there's really a limit so yeah whatever you want to do yeah we'll Um, take it (laughs) i also want you guys to know that i'm looking outside and there's a dog owner carrying the dog's poop and it fascinates me every time how long people will carry poop for and i think that's the definition of true love the end <laughs> All right, y'all. See you next week. Two Girls One Podcast is hosted by Jennifer Jamula and Allison Goldberg and condensed into a minions meme and shared on Facebook by your weird uncle. I mean, produced by Matt Silverman in New York City. This episode was edited by Sophie 
Bridges. Production assistance is provided by the Podglomerate. This show is a production of The Daily Dot, the number one source for in-depth reporting about life on the internet. If you found this episode inspiring or educational, why not share it on the Facebook? The Podglomerate. A sonic universe. It could be like a guy with a little voice. I don't know. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Could be that guy.